if her fear, her sense of threat, and I'm going to use that word very intentionally, if she perceives threat from this stepmom, hey, you're trying to move into my territory, then mom has an agenda, and that is to make life really tough for you as a stepmother. In the Blend is a podcast series that helps parents navigate life within a blended family. Join me as I speak with experts and guests to get practical advice on how to have a harmonious blended family life. This series dives deep into the unique dynamics, logistics, and challenges of raising a blended family. From new partners to juggling mixed finances, we will help guide you through it. Welcome back to In The Blend. I'm your host, Laura Jenkins, and here we are kicking off season five. Can you believe it? Our guest today is a renowned expert in the field, a prolific author and a trusted guide for countless families navigating the intricate path of blending. Ron Deal is the mind behind numerous invaluable resources, including his latest book, Preparing to Blend. During our chat, we'll touch upon the common challenges that blended families face when preparing to blend and the guidance he offers in his book to help you overcome these hurdles. We cover setting realistic expectations and finding your role within a blended family through to co-parenting and building positive relationships with ex-spouses. We also explore the delicate process of helping children and stepchildren adjust to the changes and challenges they encounter during the blending process. So whether you're in a blended family or considering taking that important step, get ready to gain a wealth of insights and practical advice. Well, good afternoon, Ron. Thank you for having me, Laura. It's great to be with you. Delighted to be speaking with you. So, Ron, you're a best-selling author. You are also a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, you were just saying you're a podcaster yourself, and uh, I know you're also yes. a popular conference speaker. So, you are clearly very experienced in this space. Can you start off by sharing a little bit about your personal journey and the experiences that have led you to specialize in working with blended families? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, it's, it's odd. Every once in a while, you get into something in life, not out of your own need, but out of the needs you see in others. And that's my journey. Uh, I, I've spent 37 years in marriage and family education and ministry contexts, trying to help families, trying to help young people. Got my start as a student youth pastor, trying to help teenagers figure out how to navigate life. And I learned really quickly that I didn't know enough about their family journeys. And so I went back to graduate school, got a degree in marriage and family therapy, and I really fell in love with working with single parent families and step families. What I didn't know is that not much had been done in terms of converting that useful clinical material into something that was educational and preventative so we could help families have a good start and have a good go without having to run into some problems and difficulties on the way. So trying to minimize, uh, you know, blended family challenges is really what I've been working hard at for now 30 years. So we have a whole bank of books and eight video curriculum that are available. Much of that is online, a couple of online courses. My podcast is called the Family Life Blended Podcast. Um, I, you know, consult and teach and write with organizations um, all over the U.S. And 
have been to New Zealand before and planning to come back to New Zealand in September of 24 in order to try to help an organization there do a better job of reaching blended families there in New Zealand. So uh, I really love what I do. And, um, and so it's a pleasure and an honor to be with you today. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So you said you've written many books related mm. to blended families. I'm keen today to talk about your latest book, preparing to blend. Mm. What inspired you to write this one in particular? You know, it's actually book oh. number nine in our <laughs> nine book series. And all the other books are written for already married blended family couples. So for example, the Smart Step Family is sort of my signature uh, book that covers so much of step family living. We wrote a book for the marriage, the Smart Step Family Marriage. I've wrote, written a book for stepdads, the Smart Stepdad, one the Smart Stepmom for Moms. We wrote a book on finances and navigating the blended family journey. It just made sense that what we needed to do was back up a step and try to help engaged couples get married. We already had a book called Dating and the Single Parent, and that really took people through the process of dating well, making decisions about getting, uh, you know, getting engaged. But once they got engaged, we sort of <laughs> left them hanging there. And so we said, let's write a book called Preparing to Blend. Now, here's the important thing about this book and what makes it so different from all of the other premarital materials that are out there. We're not just focused on the couple's relationship, what you might call coupleness. But in this book, we've got to help couples manage familyness. You know, journey to becoming a family and having a strong family identity where kids and adults both feel like they belong in this home, where it's a safe, emotionally place for them. That's the kind of stuff we're all wanting. I mean, that's why couples get married is because you have this hope and this dream of, of creating a home where, again, there's love and stability and faithfulness. And it turns out that you can have a strong couple relationship. That's why you get married. But it doesn't necessarily mean you have a strong family sense of relationship. And so this book does both. It's trying to help strengthen the couple's relationship, even as they're moving towards a wedding while sharing principles that you share with your kids and activities you actually do with your children to help you begin to turn a corner and start becoming a family. Got it. So in your experience then, Ron, what are some of the most common challenges that blended families are facing when they are preparing to blend? And how does yeah. how does your book address them? Yeah. So let me just keep running with what, what I just said, because this issue of coupleness versus familyness is really, really important. Laura, let me just lay it out for you, okay? 30 years plus reading all the academic research and being tied in with the academic community about step family living, what's healthy, what adds uh, benefit to children and adults, and also having a good understanding of why families come apart. Let me just sum all that up in one sentence, if I could. Couples get married because they've fallen in love with a person, but they divorce because they don't know how to be a family. Now, that's it in a nutshell. And when your hopes and expectations about marriage and a marriage that will form a blended family is all wrapped up in your coupleness, that is, man, I met this great guy, girl, whatever the case is, and they're a fantastic and we love each other. We have a similar outlook on life. Our values are the same. We really have spent time together. We really have this friendship and companionship and we just want to seal this till death do us part. That's great and an awesome first start and a very, very, very important piece of your step family puzzle. But if you don't know how to navigate parenting and step parenting, 
co-parenting with former spouses if you still have the grief issues as it relates to the past and children hanging on to their relationship with this person or that person and how that impacts bonding in the present if you don't know how to navigate familyness it can tear your coupleness apart and that's the big surprise and and so we just say to people look this is the way it works and don't go in naive right we want to help you be educated as to this process And let me tell you, Laura, here's the flip side of that. When couples see it for what it is, when they understand this, when they come together around parenting, for example, which is always very important, otherwise it can divide and conquer your marriage. But when you come together around parenting and how you're going to navigate that, what's the role of the step parent, what's your role not going to be, then all of a sudden the conflict comes down, the issues between adults and kids comes down, and the issues between the married couple become less. Hey, bottom line, more happiness, more peace, more harmony, and and you find your family identity sooner rather than later. Now, let me just explain that because that's another thing that we really try to help people understand. It takes a while to find your sense of familiness, for people to feel like, yes, this is my home, not just your marriage, mom, but my home. That's what you're after, right? Well, on average, that takes five to seven years for the average step family. Now, I did not just say five to seven months. (laughs) I did not just say five to seven weeks. I did not say five to seven days. Go on your honeymoon, come home, and you'll have a family. It doesn't work that way. But the smarter you are, the more intelligent you are about the dynamics of your home, and that you can navigate those well, and as a team, husband and wife, come together around parenting, for example, that speeds up the merger, if you will, the blending, the integration of family members. And again, you get to harmony sooner rather than later. So many couples just really honestly don't get there. They just sort of either exist, coexist, or just call it quits. And we just want to help prevent all of that. I'm thinking about what you've just said, and it, it's so it's really about just setting those realistic expectations with with the individuals yes, who are embarking yes. on this blended journey as such, and uh, and and helping them to be better prepared for what's ahead, and and potentially fast track that merger time through doing things, um, you know, the way that you you recommend. Yes, that's exactly it. You just nailed it. And again, there's a lot of hope in that. So can you offer some guidance on navigating the complexities of co-parenting and then building positive relationships with ex-spouses, which mm-hmm. is often a significant aspect of blended family life. And it can be a big pain point if you you are preparing to blend and uh, there might be a, an ex who uh, hasn't been an ex for all that long as well. So uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So let me just share three quick, big thoughts here. There's tons of little ones, <laughs> but here's three big ones. When you get married, let's just make a scenario. I'm going to make this up. A guy, he's got a couple of kids. He meets a woman. She's got a couple of kids. They're planning to get married. They both have former spouses, okay? Former partners, the, the parents to the, to the children. So the co-parenting relationship is going to continue well after this new marriage is over. The first thing to realize is your marriage is going to create a pretty big ripple in the life of your co-parent. Another way to say it is, It's maybe not an earthquake, but it's definitely an aftershock. Um, If you're the biological dad who was married to a woman, you share two children. Now you're marrying a woman who's going to become the stepmother to your two kids. This makes life 
challenging for the biological mom. Like she has to deal with the fact that her kids now have another woman in her home. And if her fear, her sense of threat, and I'm going to use that word very intentionally, if, if she perceives threat from this stepmom, hey, you're trying to move into my territory, then mom has an agenda. And that is to make life really tough for you as a stepmother. She wants her children to remain loyal to her. And so she's tempted to say nasty things about you behind your back. You haven't even gotten married to their father yet and moved into the house yet. But lo and behold, you're already being sabotaged by the other household. It all comes down to threat. If you accept the fact that this is an adjustment for the other parents too, then you're going to be sensitive to that. You might be compassionate. You might begin to say, you know what? What do they need to hear from me that will help this perceived level of threat come down? One of the best things a step parent can do somewhere in the beginning, even before the wedding takes place, perhaps. But if you haven't done it and you're listening right now and you're like, wow, we're two years in and I've never done, I think it's time. Get it out there. Find a way to communicate what I call the no threat message. So imagine this new potential stepmother saying to the biological mother, well, I say saying, she could communicate this in a text and an email, something that's a little less personal, or perhaps she could do it face to face. That's up to her. You decide how you want to deliver it, but here's the heart of the message. Hey, look, I want you to know. So this is stepmom talking to bio mom. I want you to know that you're the mom to your kids, not me. And I know that. And I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to step into your shoes. And I can't and I won't and I wouldn't even try because you are so important to, you, to your children. So I will speak well about you behind your back. If, if, if we send the kids to your house for the weekend and we forgot something, my goodness, let me know. I'll try to make it as right as I could possibly do. If you have questions or comments, or you just need to know, did Susie color her hair differently before, you know, <laughs> let me know. I will let you know all that stuff because I'm here to support you in your role as mom. Thank you for your time. Have a nice day. What's the point? The point is I am not trying to erase or replace you. I honor you. I respect you. Now, let me just say candidly, you might not even like this biological mother. You may not have any personal taste for her at all. That's not the point. From her standpoint, she needs to know that you will be decent as it relates to her and her relationship with her children, and you're not competing with her. Because if she thinks you're competing, she's going to compete back, and everything's going to get tough. But if you can put those perceived threat to rest, Now, maybe, maybe, who knows, maybe she's even kind about you and towards you. And when she speaks to her kids about you, maybe it just has a decency and a respect to it. Guess what? That helps everybody get along. It helps children not get caught in the battles between the two households, the two moms, if you will. It just helps everybody settle down and it sets a tone for how you're going to collaborate moving forward in this family. That's really helpful. To ignore that is to just assume she'll be fine. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And you'll just discover that more often than not, that works against you, not in your favor. So that's just one good example. You're you're respecting that this is an aftershock for this woman. You're going to try to help her understand that you know you're not the mom. And then here's what the, the third thing is, what the biological dad in this scenario could do. What he can do is 
he's going to maintain his business-like relationship with his former wife, the co-parent. He's going to try to be uh, uh, honest and respectful in tone and in attitude as it relates to the co-parenting that they have to do on a regular basis. He might actually even acknowledge you know, to his new wife, hey, look, I realize this is hard for you because I have to talk to my ex-wife two or three times a week. And 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 maybe we don't talk that often, but every, every once in a while something comes up and we do. And I realize that's a little weird. I just want you to know my heart is with you. I'm just doing business parenting with her. And so all the boundaries are solid and set and defined. And nobody's having to guess what's happening in that co-parent relationship that would be inappropriate. And when he walks that out with dignity and honesty, he helps his current wife feel more safe and comfortable in their relationship. And he responds to his, uh, to his former wife, his co-parent, again, in a way that's respectful, that increases the likelihood. doesn't guarantee that she's going to be nice, but it increases the likelihood that they can have some, some good business-like uh, conversations as it relates to raising their children. I think that's so well said. And if only every step-parent could hear that advice and take that on at the start of any new relationship. I think that would just go go such a long way. Laura, I've got a, a real current example in the world today that'll just make the point about how important this is. There's an old African proverb that says, when two elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. <laughs> okay. Now that doesn't take a genius to figure out, yeah, when their elephants are fighting, they're not paying attention to the grass. Well, when co-parents are fighting, it's their children who suffer. Now, here's the question. Do you want to be, mm, uh, yeah, I think this is a good example, the U.S. and Australia. <laughs> I mean, we love Australians. I mean, it's we have a great relationship with you. Uh, you. I think you guys do with us as well. I've been to Sydney, spent time in Australia. I love your country. I think you can travel back and forth between our two countries and feel safe and comfortable and have good conversation and meet people. And nobody, nobody is mad at you because you came from the other place. Imagine if your co-parent relationship is Hamas and Israel right now, or Russia and Ukraine. Like that's a wicked co-parent relationship. Everybody's scared all the time and nobody wants to travel back and forth with freedom. There's no peace between those two countries. Everybody's living in fear. If that's your co-parent arrangement, you got to do something about that. Because they will not only affect your children, their emotional well-being, and it will affect their well-being in, a, in dramatic ways. But it'll also affect your new marriage. It'll also make it harder for the kids to like your new spouse. Because the indirectly, you know, stepmom's sort of the reason why all this battle's going. It just makes everything harder for everybody. But if we can be the U.S. and, and Australia, hey. That's a good climate yeah. for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> good analogy. Good analogy, very relevant at the moment as well. So we've talked a little bit about ex-partners and co-parenting. We've talked a little bit about the step-parent perspective. I'd love to touch on the child's perspective and would love to know what insights you can share about helping children and stepchildren adjust to changes and challenges that they might be facing during the blending process. So let's start again with the recognition that for most kids, and when I say children, by the way, I mean young ones, four, five, six. Uh, I mean teenagers, and I also mean adult children. 
This is really important because here in the U.S., I don't know if this is happening in Australia or not, but a lot of people are living longer and they're having a 30-year marriage to their first spouse and that spouse passes away. And at the ripe old age of 75, somebody wants to get married again. And they think, oh, my 30-year-old children, you know, they're going to be fine. They've got families and a career and a mortgage. They're busy with other things. They're not going to worry about me getting married. Oh, yes, they are. They have as much of uh, of a challenge and to it to adjust to that as do 15 year olds they really do it just shows up in different ways but they're still trying to figure out what has happened to my family so here's the point this is another earthquake for kids of all ages it's a good thing and it comes with a cost at the same time so happy that dad got married to this new woman she's great she's kind she takes me shopping my gosh she spends money on me and she smiles and she cooks really great but I'm actually kind of tied up in knots in my gut because I like her and I'm really worried how my mom's going to feel about that. And I don't want my mom to ever think I've just forgotten her, replaced her. So kids go through this loyalty conflict internally and they're trying to figure out how to navigate the space. And here's the thing, you can make it harder for them to navigate this if you're Hamas and Israel. Battles at the parental level create a lot of angst inside the heart of a child and make it harder for them. If a step mom in our scenario walks in and says, hey, I'm the new sheriff in town and you're going to do it my way, whether you like it or not, you've just made it really hard for them, A, to like you, B, to be have any affections for you at all, and C, you've just strengthened their loyalty to their biological mother uh, who may not even be living, maybe deceased, and they still are going to be super loyal to that mom because you implied that you can infor- you can force your way into their heart. And no, you can't. So when you come in soft as a step parent, when you say sort of like the no threat message to the biological parent in the other home, you can also say to kids, hey, look, I want you to know that I know I'm not your mom. You have a mom. She's a great woman. I, I-, I think highly of your mom. And I'm so glad you have a good relationship with her. I'm just honored to be another adult who happens to get to help you out in life. And that's my goal. And I hope we like each other. And I love to get along with you. You start with that. You show them you're respectable. And then you walk that out over time and you start developing a relationship. And you honor the kid's pace. Here's the other tip. Honor their pace. Uh, P-A-C-E. You cannot force a relationship on somebody who's not open to that relationship. Go ahead. Let, let's just say if you have a new coworker and you meet them tomorrow and they walk up and say hello to you and you hop out of your chair and hug them and kiss them on the cheek, I don't think that's going to go very well. It's not a nice way to introduce yourself to somebody you've never met before. We all sort of chuckle at that. And yet sometimes step parents are so eager to get to familiness that they will try to force themselves on a child. And they'll do things like, hey, I know I'm not your mom, but you can call me mom. That's like forcing yourself on. You're saying, I am special to you. You just don't know it yet. That is not the way you make friends. The way you make friends is you're gentle and you're slow and you pace with them. You say hello. They say hello back. You find something you have in common. You start a conversation. But no big bear hugs and kisses on the cheek yet. You've got to figure out whether that's appropriate or not. And only after you've gotten to a place in a relationship with somebody that that makes sense, then you take that step. Same thing's true about coming in as a step parent, pace with the child. Now, some people will push back and go, but Ron, I've got a 21-year-old 
you know, stepson who's in college and I don't see him very much. And when I do see him, he hardly even acknowledges that I'm in the room. He, he talks to his, his parent who's there and all of his siblings, but he just sort of acts like I'm not even there. I'm supposed to just pace with that. Okay. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to be, yeah, but the answer is yes, but you're going to keep pursuing in very soft and subtle ways. You're going to find something, you know, that young man likes. And you're going to start talking about us, you know, football. You're going to start talking about, you know, fashion or whatever the things are that he enjoys. And you're going to slowly just try to enter into that space. But can you make him like you? No, you can't. That's a two-way street. So you have to accept where they are at the level and meet them where they are. Then and only then will that grow into something else. So it can be a hard journey. Bottom line, this little scenario we've just talked about, that's a hard journey for a step parent. You're eager. It's met with a closed door. That's frustrating, which is why step parents need a biological parent who's married to them to say, I love you. And oh my goodness, you are getting the short end of the stick with my son and I'm sorry. And I'm going to give you a big hug and I'm going to take you out to dinner every once in a while just to let you know I see it. They just need some to know somebody's acknowledging this. Parent can't fix it. It's between the step parent and the child. It's their road to walk together. They'll have to figure it out together. But the sympathy is really pretty helpful. And it, it, it's a, it, it is a little encouragement. Uh, in a difficult road. I love how you've mentioned that. I think the the couple relationship is so important, especially mm-hmm. at the start when you're just preparing to blend or starting to blend and the step parent may be feeling that sense of defeat or it's all too hard or I don't belong. And if they've got the support of their other half, just to give them right. that encouragement, as you say, I think that really you can go a long, long, long way. There's so many things you've got to communicate about as a couple in order to navigate the space. One of the big enemies, Laura, of blended families is ambiguity. And on day one, you get married. He's got two. She's got two. We think we know how to parent together, but until we're thrown into the trenches, we really don't. We think we know how we're going to spend our money and how we navigate that day in and day out and how, what we do with our investments in that 401k that I picked up 20 years before you showed up in my life. Like you think you have a sense of how you're going to do all that, but you got to keep talking, talking, talking. And parenting is one of the biggest uh, hot button topics for blended couples. You think you know how you're going to parent together. And then you realize, oh, wow, you do it this way. I do it this way. We have very different ideas. Your kids are used to you doing it that way. My kids are used to me doing it. We now have a problem. And there's space there. You got to talk through and negotiate and you'll make plenty of mistakes and you'll learn from them and you'll get a little better at it over time. But you keep talking and keep communicating because communication is the way you resolve the ambiguity, the I'm not sure how to do this question. When you get clarity to some of those questions, then you feel like you're unified. Then you feel like there's more safety in this team that you and I have put together. And then and only then will you feel more peace about how you're moving forward in the family. Every once in a while, I run into a couple who, eh, we don't need to talk about it. You know, good luck with that. If you're not willing to sit down and talk and listen and learn and see it from their side and present your side, but also be willing to flex, you're probably just going to have a whole lot of, you know, conflict that you just never can get past. And that's no way to do family. Communication is such a vital 
component yes. of any blended family, isn't it? And in in particular, in it that is. that couple relationship at the core, you got to get that right, Ron. I could keep firing the questions at you all all day long here. <laughs> I'm really enjoying our chat. How can our listeners connect with you, Ron, or access mm. more of your resources for blended families? At a couple of different websites, probably the best single place to go to find everything I've got my hand in from live events to virtual events and training we do for leaders and uh, podcasts, resources, books, video series, all of that you can find at Smart Step Families. Dot com smart step families dot com. Uh, my podcast is called Family Life Blended, and look it up. We'd love to have you join us. Well over a hundred episodes, lots of different topics to scroll through and listen to whatever applies to you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Ron. I so appreciate you taking the time to chat today. You're very welcome. It's an honor to be with you, Laura. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the In The Blend podcast. The show notes for this episode are available at intheblend.com.au. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and please rate and review in your podcasting app. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. LinkedIn.